Hello and welcome to Sound Business, a podcast all about sound. I'm Jim and after a mini summer break, I'm back with a whole load of shows covering everything about and on the audio industry from radio to podcasts and beyond. In the coming weeks, I'm going to be covering topics such as Twitter's podcasting push, why podcast marketing is more than just social media, and there's some really great guests lined up who are going to offer their five things they've learned from their audio careers. But today, it's all about the Audio Production Awards that are back for 2022 and sponsored by Audible. The APAs are an award ceremony that celebrate the very best in radio and audio production and reflecting all the different skills and genres out there and celebrating the people not just behind the mics, but also the people that do the sound design and live production and pretty much every element of audio you can think of. We'll find a little bit more about the awards themselves shortly because on today's podcast, I'm speaking to Chloe Straw, who's the MD of Audio UK, who run and organise the APAs, and also Lady Unchained, a previous winner of the APAs when she picked up Best Speech Audio Host last year for her work with the Prison Radio Association. If you want more information on the awards or you want to enter this year's awards, then all the links you need are in the podcast description. But first, let's find out how to win an audio production award. Chloe Straw and Lady Unchained, welcome to VoiceWorks Sound Business. Hi. Thank you. Thank you for having us. (laughs) Thanks very much for joining me. Looking forward to getting into this one, not least because I think I've spent, I reckon, 25 years in radio and making audio. And in that time, I don't think I've ever managed to win an award. Despite being nominated a few times, I've never managed to pick up the gong. So I'm hoping to get some tips today on how to win an audio production award, if nothing else. But I want to start and get a little bit of background on the APAs, which are... They're a fairly new entry into the audio awards space, although they've been around for a little while now. And they've got a very different focus to a lot of radio awards, particularly something like the Arias. So, Chloe, what made you start the APAs in the first place? Yeah, I'll give you a a little spiel on Audio UK, first of all, if that's all right. And I promise it's relevant rather than me just sort of uh, getting it out there. So (laughs) the APAs are run by Audio UK and I'm the managing director. And Audio UK exists to represent audio production companies across the UK. So we're the kind of trade association for audio production companies and businesses. And we're there to kind of champion those companies and support them and also to kind of support the audio industry as a whole. So what's special about the APAs, which started about 12 years ago in sort of the back of a pub somewhere, although I wasn't there when I when they started, I have to admit, so I might not have the whole history. But I think they sort of started in a pub and they were kind of brought on and expanded and now are at the BFI, which is fantastic, mm. a really amazing venue. But the sort of key to them is that They focus on the producers and the production side of things in the majority rather than on a specific programme. Now, we do also have presenter awards, which is obviously really relevant here with Lady Untaid joining us as well. And I'm looking forward to kind of hearing a bit more about that. But I think the kind of Audio UK felt that often when you win an award, it's a specific show. And naturally, because a presenter is the kind of front person of that show, a lot of the time it feels like it's them who's celebrated. But actually, our kind of 
focus is very much on production. It's on the craft of audio production. And the UK obviously has such an incredible history, but also incredible kind of future in terms of audio production. And so we really wanted to have something that celebrated the producers and the sound designers and the people that Mm. make the content. And so that's what's a kind of a little bit different about it, I'd say. As a producer by trade, I thought it was brilliant when it first launched that finally some of the people, the other side of the microphone, the other side of the glass were getting a little bit of recognition. And yeah. now you, you you look at the categories and there's so many different categories and sections and different elements you can enter and get recognised. How do you decide who and what the awards is going to recognise in each year? We have a steering group behind the Audio Production Awards, which is made up of a kind of variety of different people. So the main team behind the awards at the moment is Sophie, who's the lead producer, who's done it for a few years. She used to kind of do it with another team and now she's taken it over to run completely. And there's also myself and we've also got um, an AP called Ria this year who's just starting with us, which is fantastic. But we also have board members who sit in on the steering group and we have external people. Um, We work with EDI consultant called Jacine and we make sure that everyone kind of has input into what the categories will be. And I think it just really tries to reflect the kind of audio landscape. So I think when Mm. the award started, there was a lot more focus on radio because podcasting was still a sort of young child at that point, (laughs) I think, although I'm sure some people might argue with that, but still kind of finding its feet. And then as Audio UK changed to represent much more kind of audiobooks and podcasters alongside radio, so the awards changed as well. And so, for example, this year we've introduced a kind of lifestyle and society award. And we wanted to bring that in based on feedback that we had last year, that some of the podcasters felt that there wasn't a specific category where they'd want to put their podcasts in. And so we kind of had a discussion around how we could open up the awards more to enable that to happen. And the Lifestyle and Society Award came out of that. So it's really just a discussion with a wide range of people to make sure we're getting everyone's kind of different experiences in there to make sure we're representing the audio production landscape as a whole. And again, I think that's something that's quite unique to the awards Mm. is it's not just radio or podcast or audiobooks. It's everything audio that, that you could think of audio production which is a massively growing space at the moment isn't it when you think of all the digital and analog audio channels that are out there from alexa to podcasts to radio it's literally a never-ending list at the moment i want to bring lady in in a moment to talk about her experience of the Mm. awards but one final thing i just wanted to ask you on the kind of structure of the apas is one Mm. of the things i really like about it is the pay what you can initiative what made you start that So again, that was something that Sophie and I started last year. And I know that Will, who was my predecessor, had done kind of bits and bobs in that space in previous years in terms of offering, I think it was a certain amount of free tickets. I might not be quite right on that, but it was it was something kind of in that space. But again, Sophie and I, we spend a lot of time sort of plotting and talk, chatting away and just felt really strongly that finances shouldn't be a barrier to entering or attending the awards Mm. um i think finances shouldn't be a barrier to creativity at all and finances shouldn't be a barrier to developing great work and i think a lot of the time you know they can be and so we kind of really wanted to make sure that people were able to enter the awards no matter kind of what their financial situation so we started it last year just sort of financed by Audio UK and by kind of the awards as a whole. 
it went down really, really well. And this year we wanted to kind of step it up a level. So we approached Amazon Music and Wondery because we know they do a lot of really positive stuff in that in that space as well and asked if they'd be interested in sponsoring it, which they have been, which is fantastic. And it it's meant that we're able to spread the word about the scheme a lot more because one of the things that we felt about last year was it it was great and it had a really good uptake but we wanted to make sure that everyone who might want to use the scheme would know about it rather mm. than just think oh I, you know I can't enter that award or so on and so forth and I think in the future I'd I'd love to expand it we have something that we do called audio train which again is very kind of low cost training and there's no barrier to entry you know anyone could do it a doctor could do it if they wanted to and I think that as well in the future it's something that we'd love to do even more with but certainly at the moment if anyone wants to access it then please do and drop Sophie an email brilliant stuff New York Radio Awards take note that it doesn't have to cost 600 yeah. quid or whatever it is an award to get one in there yeah I know I know I'll put all the links the relevant links to the schemes you mentioned in the podcast description if anyone wants to go and check those out but let's talk about the nitty gritty of actually entering the awards now Lady Unchained as a previous winner first off what made you want to stick your audio under the scrutiny of the APA judges do you know what? Like, if I'm honest, I, you know, I work with National Fizz and Radio, I worked with Folded Wing, and they honestly just saw stuff that I probably wouldn't have recognised as something that was an award winning if, you know, I was just having fun um, interviewing <laughs> people and um, just really having conversations. Of course, all the work I do is kind of like trying to make sure that people within the prison system can still stay creative, especially around the time of like COVID and lockdown. So for me, I was just really enjoying having this moment with these celebrities. You know, I see them as massive celebrities and I'm just mm. like you know Lady Unchained the prison radio host you know so honestly I was shocked <laughs> if I'm honest I just remember my producers at Folded Wing saying yeah we think we've got something here and I went okay great really didn't think nothing of it and if I'm honest even the day that I won that award um if anybody saw the videos I had to be called out into the <laughs> into the space because I was just sitting in VIP and you know living my best life and <laughs> you know so drinking nice prosecco and so for me of course being in that kind of uh, like space I always see myself as I guess it sounds weird to say this but like at the amateur version of like everybody else in the building so mm. again I've come into radio through my prison sentence I've come into radio through you know trying to prove that there's life after prison so for me I always never really like I'm just grateful to be in the space so for my name to be called out honestly even till this day, it's still a shock. Like, <laughs> and that is the honest truth. So, thank God for National Prison Radio and Folded Wing being able to kind of see something within me and kind of like acknowledge certain parts of the show that I probably just got really excited about doing, but not really acknowledging mm. that they are award-winning conversations. I mean, it was last year you won the best host speech audio for, like you say, your work with the Prison Radio Association. Are you able to take that step back now and look at the entry you put in and the radio or audio you were creating at that time and realise or work out what made it special? <laughs> Do you know what? I, I honestly, you know, so yesterday we was at the Radio Academy Festival and, you know, we had to talk about putting it together, putting a show together and what went into it. And we did play a clip of myself and Hack Baker. And there is this amazing moment where, obviously, if I can explain the show, so Bars was all about getting a guest um, artist coming in, t teaching us and telling our audience and our listeners about how to write, you know, the steps that they take, how to develop your craft and how to stay creative within 
very dark times. So uh, what I would do is I get each guest and what happens is they send in their songs. I basically listen to the song and I kind of basically pick out the best parts of that song that stick out to me and my listeners. So Hack Baker has this song called Skin and it's an amazing song. But in the in one of the verses, he says, um, and this is, I'm not going to try to sing it, but he says, I'm skin, not even a little bit. I'm talking flat off my face, geezer, I'm skin. Until that phone rings, I'll be praying for a saving grace, fella, I'm skin. So now I picked out that line because what's important for my listeners um, and of course, Hack Baker straight away, as I said it, he realized because I said, Hack, you're going to probably understand this. When you said talking about waiting for that phone call to be your saving grace, is it true in saying that? Are, you know, people like myself, you, people that's listening, people that's been to jail that, you know, are worse off. That saving grace phone call could also be the saving grace phone call that can actually send you back to prison. And he got it straight away and he started laughing, which was actually interesting because in the beginning, it took a while for us to kind of warm up to that moment. But once I said that, he literally straight away just said, yes, 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 that's exactly what it is. And maybe no one had ever kind of caught on to those particular words because they don't have the same experience that I do with the prison system. So that particular moment for me, I guess, because I can take my own experience of like lived experience of the criminal justice system, take my experience of the listeners that call in and tell me their stories via audio recordings off of the prison phone. You know, I kind of put my own experience into it and I always try to highlight what I know and what I don't know. So for me, I think it was probably that just my own experience mm. and really kind of taking note of every single word that is said in a track, because when people make music, they, you know, people make music for it for, to be listened to. But every now and again, creative artists, they have lines in their lyrics that if you miss it, you won't really understand the rest of the song, if that makes sense. But if you listen to that particular part, you understand what that artist is really trying to tell you along the lines of also being happy and, you know, being skin. There is these underlying um, lines that people might miss if they don't have that experience. They might just hear it as a song when actually there's a message within the song. So I think maybe that's what I brought to um, the winning <laughs> stage, yeah. I guess, to, you know, being able to kind of acknowledge certain lines in verses that really do stand out to myself but also my listeners who are in prison right now thinking oh my god that's how I ended up in prison I got that phone call and I took that I, I took that deal and that deal is how I'm in prison now serving a sentence. Chloe Lady talks there about what made in her eyes her stand out in terms of her content and part of that is to do with obviously her unique route into audio Part of it is to do with the Prison Radio Association and the way they generate content and the kind of multi-purpose agenda they have, I guess. They want to make great content, but they also want to serve a certain group of people. And that, that by itself leads to something unique and leads to a point of difference, something that makes audio stand out for the judges. If you're not in that situation, if you work for a heart or a capital radio or whoever it might be or one of the smaller commercial stations how do you find your niche how do you find your story that's going to make your entry really stand out from the crowd that's a very very good question <laughs> uh, I'll, have a, I'll have a think about it i think first of all it's really important for me to say actually that i am not one of the judges so we make sure that our judging team, not that I'm not an expert, but obviously it's to kind of keep the impartiality. Our judging team is selected from kind of an enormous pool of experts that exist within the audio industry, a huge range of experiences. And we make sure with our team that each year we're kind of looking at who they are and look at the areas of expertise 
and making sure that people are approaching it from kind of a vast range of experiences. So I have judged other awards in the past. I obviously wouldn't judge the audio production awards, but I think what probably the sort of the best way that I can answer that question is to read a quote from Bernard, who is the vice chair of Audio UK. He's also the founder of a great indie production company called Unedited, and he's the chair of the judges this year. So Bernard says, our vision is to champion the most outstanding work that we will listen back to in 20 years and all be proud of. The awards committee is looking forward to helping celebrate a unique moment in British creativity through sound. Whether you're an audio professional or a fan of the media, I invite you to submit formats that are complex and creative, scripts with succinct simplicity and sound design that takes your breath away. So I think what's really nice about the awards is, again, there's kind of a category for everyone. And we've tried to think really, really carefully about how different sort of sorts of audio can enter different categories. Mm. So one of the changes that we made this year is that the best music producer category, we now ask that anyone that enters that category of their program, at least 50% of that is music. And the feedback that we had again in the past was that specialist music programs felt that they couldn't possibly compete against the more speech-based kind of music podcasts or so on and so forth. And we wanted to kind of give those much more music-based programs a chance, whether that's, you know, a radio program or uh, obviously podcasts wouldn't have that much music on or, you know, whatever it might be. And then we've, for kind of the broader music category, we've moved that over to the best arts and culture producer, which means that we feel that things are kind of competing on a more even basis. I feel like that's a bit of a ramble, but the point around it is that the categories are open so that there is a place for everyone to enter. So, you know, if you do a specialist music show on on Capital FM or on KISS, you can put that in somewhere. If you do a kind of incredibly detailed analysis of music, such as Decode on Spotify, which obviously won a load of awards recently, then there's somewhere for that to go as well. And so it means that you can bring out the best of your production, whichever kind of Mm. category you choose to enter. That makes perfect sense. And I think one of the things that I found when I've done these things in the past, and as I said earlier, my results have been mixed in terms of entering awards, (laughs) but is finding the story that you want to tell before anything else. So Mm. working Mm. out what you want to engage people with, what the message you're trying to get across is, and then everything else kind of falls into place. So if you're a producer working out what you're bringing to that production and trying to get that through in the audio that you submit in the write-up you submit as well. In, in terms of selecting audio, lady, I mean, whenever one of these awards comes up, very few people are prepared. They've got thousands of hours of audio <laughs> that they need to dig in through. Did, how did you cope with that? How did you cope with picking what audio goes into the award and what didn't? Did you have a process running up to the awards or was it a case of just trawling through the back catalogue? If I'm honest, I would give that decision making to Folded Wing um, and Prison Radio to be the ones to kind of put that together. What's interesting is that like, you know, when you're talking about like, you know, scripting and putting everything together, like obviously I have like 
Folding Ring and National Prison Radio, they get the scripts all together and then then it's kind of me. And again, when I said about, you know, not being originally a radio host and coming from a different background, originally I tried to be like that particular radio host, like speaking like, hello, you know, very professionally mm. kind of radio for quality. And it wasn't, it just wasn't me. So I obviously brought my character, my own character, who I am and some of the script I don't read. I just kind of, you know, free flow some of it. And so luckily for me, <laughs> those free flow moments obviously make some good radio and so national prison radio unfolded being are really the ones that select it but going into like what chloe was saying about the judges uh, judging stuff like i've been asked to judge awards before and honestly i honestly don't know how people even select what to put in because when you are judging these awards you hear the most incredible audio pieces over and over again from different different productions and I honestly don't know how people pick but in order to select your own one I think what's important is just to find the best one that actually really tells the story of what this program is and again I think it was that Hack Baker interview that really kind of brought it in Mm. that just kind of showed actually I have that experience yes but I'm also trying to bring a different kind of point of view in regards to somebody that has never been to prison somebody that doesn't know anybody that's been to prison would they be able to acknowledge those words mean that so I guess for me it's kind of just being able to understand that I have that experience but not everybody else has that experience so picking the best part of that show that kind of highlights that because of course yes it is for prisoners and people in prison but bars was actually available to the public so because we had guest artists coming in it was available to the public which kind of allowed us for the first time to be able to kind of tell that story to a general public that won't necessarily listen to national prison radio because it's not available to them so I think that's kind of how they went about it if I'm honest. I'm going to ask you about your experience as a judge briefly later. I'm going to ask the same question to you in a moment, Chloe, so stand by. But when you went through the judging experience, what was more important? Because I think there's always a little bit of a conflict when you're entering these as to what to focus on. Do you focus on the write-up? Do you focus on the audio element? When you were a judge, was there one that was weighted more importantly than the other? I think it was the... um... It was the making of the... The audios were great, but I think when I looked into how it was made, for example, having... Again, because I, I work from lived experience, when a show or a radio production is made and it's made for people with lived experience by people with lived experience... For me, that is the most important part. So, of course, it's a great, it's a, it will be a great show regardless. But the going into it, having people that have certain experiences of the topic that they're talking about, actually being the host, the team, the you know, the the whole production. Mm. I think for me, that's what I looked at. So it wasn't just about the audio. It was kind of like what went into these particular people being able to actually really access this support and being able to actually create content that they can then share with the general public. So audio was great, but I think the the input and of the actual production was absolutely for me because I don't really get to see all of that all the time because yeah. I'm, you know, I'm the presenter. I, I get involved here and there, but I'm not really, really in the kind of the breakdown of how the show's kind of done. But to actually see who does it, how it's created um, and how they kind of went about making this production, I think for me was very important. I mean, I guess, Chloe, to a certain extent, it's horses for courses. Each judge is going to approach it slightly differently. But would you agree with what Lady's saying there? Yeah, absolutely. And I think to the point about everyone approaching it differently, that's why it's really important to have a really wide range of experiences kind of within your judges. And I think the organisations that put the awards on, I think it's really key that they make sure that that kind of happens in terms of the recruitment. I think that one thing that um, I'll kind of talk about my personal experience, but talk about Audio UK first and the way that we approach it. So we have kind of different criteria on the website, which for the production companies is content, creativity and production. 
that the entries are judged on. They're slightly different for the presenter-led categories. But also one of the things that's really key for us is asking the judges to consider the differing circumstances in which the audio would have been made. So, for example, if it's, you know, a BBC production with a huge budget, it can be quite tricky as a judge to judge that against, you know, something that might have been done for £50 around a table Mm. sort of thing in a kitchen. And so I think we really want our judges to take into account things like financial circumstances, access to resources, access to training and so on and so forth. And we ask them to really take that into account when they're making those judgments. So you can judge something that was made around a kitchen table against something that was big budget and look at the different circumstances and look at the kind of creativity around that. And I think for me, it would always be audio first rather than the sort of write-up and again that's not an official audio uk position but on a i mean on a sort of personal level when i'm judging it's very much about sort of shutting your eyes and listening to the audio sure. but i think alongside that again the the written criteria is really an opportunity to talk about all of those points how you made the audio any barriers that you faced kind of your journey in bringing that audio together and that's a really key part of the judging process as well I would say. Lady you obviously were a winner in your category you have previously picked up an APA how has that changed the audio landscape for you and your show since you won? <laughs> well I'm still learning to say that I'm an award-winning broadcaster sometimes <laughs> I'm like I'm a, I'm a radio broadcaster and then they're like no award-winning like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know you've got you've got to say that so I'm trying to own that but obviously honestly for me it's just really kind of seeing the people that I, I represent the people that I still are in prison that are really starting to believe my message that you can you know proven that there is life after prison and that we can rebuild because unfortunately for me I never had seen anybody like myself within the radio um, industry or within media really um, nobody spoke about going to jail and then trying to become a radio host or a broadcaster or whatever so for me it's kind of like the changes that's come from that is just really my audience my the people that I, I represent being able to see that there is or can be some kind of light on, um, behind that tunnel like it might be dark for a little while but honestly like there is life after prison and that's how things have changed for me but also it's given me confidence to really kind of go into certain opportunities without the fear of actually you're not really a radio host and you're just somebody with lived experience kind of thing and it's opened my it's opened my mind and my my heart to just really kind of knocking on doors whereas before I was probably a bit more comfortable with national prison radio but not really approaching anybody else like you know to to talk to them about radio (laughs) radio Mm. stuff so I think it's given me a really massive boost um and incredibly enough it's helped me really be able to be heard by the people that I need to hear me if that's and that's really the honest truth because if I if I didn't win that award I would still can continue doing what I was doing but I know that that award is not just mine it's for every single person that has that lived experience that is coming through the radio industry and there, there, are, there are many of us now coming through the radio industry and just to show them that it is achievable. I'm going to ask a real stinker of a question now but which is more important to you? The nice shiny trophy that you've now got on a shelf somewhere or when someone comes up to you and tells you how much your show has impacted their life or how an episode has meant so much to them? Okay, I'll be honest. My award is actually in a box just because like, <gasps> I don't want it to drop yet. Like, um, And I'm saying that only because my walls, sometimes I get like, they get really soft and I don't, I don't have time to lose my award. I worked very hard for it. So it's <laughs> nicely put in a box or put away with all the other stuff that I've won. Um, but honestly, my biggest thing is actually people coming up to me and saying, 
oh my God, like, I love that show. And, and, and I can honestly say that I've walked into prisons and knocked on, you know, somebody's requested to speak to me. They've knocked on the cell door to get that person out. And I remember one boy in particular actually going, you know, he opened the door, they opened his door and I said, hi, what's going on? You good? And he looked at me and then said, I've just turned you off the laptop. I've just turned you off the laptop. He was basically in his cell sitting down listening to my show and when I showed up at his door he was in absolute shock and really was like you actually came to see me and I think for me obviously in prison people see me as a celebrity I'm their celebrity you know outside here I don't see myself as a celebrity I just see myself as the, the, the poet and radio <laughs> award winning broadcaster like that is growing but to them I am somebody that has kind of somehow managed to um, navigate life after prison and for them to say to me I want to be I want to be able to do that and I also want not come back to jail and I actually want to be creative and use creativity to tell my story that for me is my mission that is what I want I want people to be able to not shy away from telling their stories but also to see that there is growth and strength in being able to share that story to a wider community of people absolutely no excuse not to get involved with the APAs then Chloe we've covered everything off we've given the tips we've told you how easy it is to enter so what are the hows the whys the whens how do you actually get started and put your audio forward to win an APA well you've actually not got long so please get going anyone who is listening I must actually say thank you to Audible who are the lead sponsors for the APAs and actually without Audible we wouldn't even be able to put them on so they're fantastic and we're really really grateful to them for sponsoring us so the deadline is the 21st of September And in the past, we have extended the deadline by a week when people have asked us to, but we're not going to this year. So I just need to make that really clear because some, again, we always listen to feedback and some production companies sort of said, well, it's not fair, actually, because we always get it done in time and then it's always extended. So are you going to secretly do it? And we thought, no. So the hard deadline is the 21st of September. So please get going. Audio entries are only 10 minutes this year. So shouldn't take long to put together, you know, really easy to do a really nice kind of moment to put some of your best bits together. So if you want to access the Pay What You Can scheme, you can drop Sophie an email and she'll give you all the details. If not, then for Audio UK members, it's £35 plus that. And for non-Audio UK members, it's £45 plus that. And if you want to find out more about joining Audio UK, then you can just head to our website. So I think that's all the information I need to impart, isn't it? It's sort of <laughs> other key, key deadlines are the 31st of October, the shortlist will be announced and the tickets will be on sale. And a date for your diary is the 23rd of November, which is the award ceremony at the BFI in London, which is always a really good night, as uh, Lady Unchained will say. A- 100%. I think had a, <laughs> a good moment where I tried to subtly last year, I knew she was going to win and I tried to get her to go out of the VIP area and go back into the audience and I failed. So I'm not leaving the she, free bar. She actually, Do you know what? And that so is funny. the honest truth. I, I, I kept going. I kept saying, am I meant to go back in now? Should I go back in now? And I remember just going, and everyone's like, no, it's fine. Don't worry, take your time. No, no, no. And then all I remember is like stomping, like, you know, he's like, the guy's just running and like, Lady Unchained, Lady Unchained, you need to go in there. I'm like, what are you talking? I think I told him to shut up. I thought he was lying. You know, like it is, that incredible but yeah no it was it's an amazing night so if you can come guys like honestly make sure you're there it's amazing night just to celebrate audio in particular and one thing I will say as well like find a team that you can work with that honestly supports you like 
throughout the whole process because thank God for my team because they have really taught me how to kind of be a radio host but also just to allow myself to actually be myself and mm. so yeah that's my that's my last words <laughs> brilliant well lady thank you very much for sharing your experiences of making your program and also your experiences of entering and winning an audio production award and chloe thank you for filling in the details of exactly what goes on behind the scenes and how people can get involved and thank you very much for joining me on VoiceWorks sound business thank you thanks thanks Thank you very much to Chloe and Lady for their time on today's VoiceWorks Sound Business. As I said, all the details and all the things discussed in today's show, if you want to find out more, there's a load of links in the podcast description. There's links on how to enter the APAs. There's links on the schemes that Chloe mentioned. And also, if you want to listen back to Lady Unchained's award-winning programming, you can find the links there as well. If this is your first time listening to VoiceWorks Sound Business, click subscribe or follow wherever you're listening because there's some brilliant content coming up and there's some great shows in the past covering various aspects of the audio industry. So whatever your interest, there will no doubt be something to tickle your fancy. Thank you very much for listening. For more information on VoiceWorks or to get help with your audio strategy, visit voiceworks.ai.